turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. So here it is, November. November. When some people think of November, they think of Black Friday and Christmas. When they started that in September, though, didn't they? Some people think of Thanksgiving. Man, what a story, that Thanksgiving, huh? Pilgrims coming to a new land, looking for the freedom to practice their faith. Is that really what it was all about? You ever do any research on that, friends? I mean, other than the people telling the same story over and over again? It is a widespread belief that the pilgrims fled England in the early 17th century to escape religious persecution. But the reality is really more nuanced, my friends. While it's true that the pilgrims, a sect of the Puritans, faced the threat of religious persecution in England, their journey to America wasn't really a direct escape route. I mean, they, they had first found, uh, fought, uh, or sought, I'm sorry, refuge in the Netherlands. The Netherlands, finding the religious freedom they craved. However, they became a bit disenfranchised with the Dutch way of life. I mean, those Dutch people can be so, you know, snotty. Walk, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. And I think that started back in the 1600s. I don't know. Just a little laugh from my friends there. Yeah. <laughs> but my friends, it wasn't solely out of religious oppression. They had another place they could go. What it really was all about, my friends, was searching a place they could retain their English identity and economic prosperity. Man, think all those plays we did <laughs> coming off the boats and, yeah. Well, my friends, I'm sure it wasn't only, but it wasn't as pure as we thought it was. And isn't that life? Things aren't always what they seem to be. When's the last time you got fooled? We get fooled on the internet a few weeks back. It still burns me looking for a particular tool, a particular good deal, a particular scam, and I'm out 90 bucks. <sighs> Fool me once? Well, I wish that were true. I've been fooled before, and so have you. It ain't just out in the world, though, my friends. Sometimes we find it among the people of God. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about this very thing. Because, my friends, we can be fooled. We can be fooled by a lot of things. I'll tell you what. Take a look with me, if you will. In Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13 where Jesus is giving some instruction to the crowds here that we would be wise to heed here this morning. You will notice in verse 13, Jesus begins to warn us that we ought not to be fooled by big crowds. 
Just because there's a lot of people, my friends, don't mean it's the real deal. Notice verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. Because the right way is rarely popular. For the gate, Jesus says, is wide. And the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Perhaps an insight into the number of people, of all those who would be born and live on this earth. It seems that it will be the minority that will come to faith in Christ. Enter by the narrow gate, my friends. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Popularity rarely results in a good destiny, my friends. Come on, you told your mom this. Come on, everyone's doing it. And that's something you wanted your children to do later on too, right? (laughs) You know, follow the crowd. Hey, everyone's going there. It can't be so bad. Broad is the way. And easy is the way, my friends. It leads to destruction. Look at verse 14. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Those who find it are few. Frankly, we ought to be shocked by large churches. Why would all of these people want something that is difficult, something that is a struggle, something that sets you apart from everyone else? The gate is narrow. The way is hard, but it leads to life, my friends. The way is hard, my friends, but it is worth it. It is worth it. So don't be fooled by big crowds. Don't be fooled by big crowds. Think of Jesus' ministry. Thousands upon thousands, the throngs of people following him around, waiting to see the next trick. Who's he going to heal? More bread? More fish? More loaves? What do we got coming? But when things got hard, the numbers grew small. Narrow is the gate, my friends, that leads to life. Don't be fooled by big crowds. But here in verses uh, 21 to 23, Jesus warns us that we ought not to be fooled by big talk. Big talk. Big talk. Oh, there are talkers, my friend. Look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Because you know, my friends, it's not what you say. It's what you do. 
Anyone can learn to talk a good game. But note carefully, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And it ain't always easy. It's not what you say, my friend, but it's what you do that matters. And not only that, it's not who you know, but who knows you. Verse 22, on that day, many, there's that word, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? Look what we did. And then I will declare to them, verse 23, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Deeds can be faked. Satan can mimic can imitate the things that the Lord has done. And as we get closer and closer to the end, we will see it more and more. But look what Jesus said. I never knew you. Big talkers. Big deal. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. And my friends, it's easy to be wowed by the big, big crowds. It's easy to be wowed by the big talk. But don't be fooled, my friends. Because the right way is rarely popular. It'll cost you something. And the fact is, friends, if your faith has cost you nothing, it is worth nothing. If you have never made a stand for Jesus, and I'm not talking about when everyone's going, yeah, yeah, I believe that too. I'm talking about when you speak up and talk to someone about Jesus, and they laugh in your face. And they begin to roll out names that they put together just for you. And it hurts. And they leave you out. They don't call anymore. What's the deal with that? Yeah. I found that when I began to follow Jesus, I didn't have to walk away from bad influenced friends. They walked away from me. And we ain't interested in that stuff, Dave. That's not me. Don't be fooled by the big crowds, my friend. Don't be fooled by the big talk. Lord, oh my Lord, Lord, Lord. I never knew them. I never knew them. But look what we did. Look at all the great works. Look at how busy we were. <laughs> Depart from me, you workers of evil. Lawlessness. 
Don't be fooled by the big house either. As if success is the mark of spirituality. Material success. What did Jesus own, by the way? What kind of house did he own? What kind of camel did he ride? <laughs> Look at verse 24. Hear these words carefully, friends. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now let's note carefully here what Jesus has just said. The one who hears these words of mine and does them. It ain't about posters on the wall and I got 72 Bibles on the shelf and I always watch that guy in the afternoon and I listen to this guy on the radio and I... It don't matter if you got 76,482 verses memorized, my friend. It's not about the hearing. It's about the doing that follows. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is James 1.22 through 25. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Friends, the only point in hearing the word of God is that we might live according to what the word of God says. We must be doers of the word. People of the book who live out the book. And so James gives us this image of a man who looks in the mirror and sees his hair is a mess and he forgot to shave over here and there's a f and then just simply walks away and does nothing about it. And you say, well, what was the point of looking in the mirror then? Hmm. Build your house on a rock, my friends. Build your house on a rock. And you will notice here in verse 25, Then, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. Friends, let's not miss this. This isn't just an image. The image has meaning here. The one who hears the word of God and lives it out will go through difficult times. We are not preserved from suffering. We are not. But the storms will come. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Don't miss that imagery. Pounding on that house. But it didn't fall. It was able to, key word here, endure. 
the storms of life. Why? Because the hearing didn't go in one ear and out the other. It was processed in the heart and lived out by the hands and feet. And note verse 26. But everyone who hears the word, these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Oh, what's wrong with sand? Who doesn't like the beach? Think of the sunsets. In Texas. <laughs> Nobody had a basement in Texas. You know why? Because there's nothing but sand everywhere you go, it seems. If you turn on the radio every three or four minutes, there's an advertisement for foundation repair. Houses that are crumbling because they have no foundation. They've got that wonderful West Texas accent. I've known about foundation repair all of my life, and I know we have problems with our soils. <laughs> yeah. You build your house on that which is not firm, my friend. Your foundation's going to crack. But worse than that, worse than that, verse 27. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, and it fell. This is the life of the one who merely hears the word of God. Oh, yeah, I know, I know what God's words. Yeah, I, I went to Sunday. I know that stuff. It ain't about the knowing, my friends. It's all about the doing. That's where life changes, in the doing. But we don't necessarily get it right the first time. But we persevere in the obedience to the Word of God. But I want you to notice this, friends. You see, I didn't read to the very end. There's a comma. And notice these words, and great was the fall of it. So much so that people think, oh, when they think about that life, about that, about that man who went to Bible school and seminary and off like a rocket, and oh, the giftedness of this man. Look at all that he knows. But he kind of skips out on the doing. Kind of skips out here and there. Big talk. Oh, man. Maybe even a big crowd. But temptations and difficulties comes along. And he thinks somehow in this head of his that another man's wife is okay to have. But look at all that he knew. It ain't in the knowing, friends. I mean, look at David, the king. Today, we throw our hands up and we say, how can a man that was trusting in God, defeating giants, bears, and lions, for heaven's sakes, 
whom God had made king, whom God had used to write half of the Psalms, this godly man. And there's Bathsheba. You know, a man can't help it when he sees a woman that is attractive. We see all sorts of things. But what you do with what you see, my friends, makes all the difference in the world. Men, do you practice your look away? That stuff comes from the heart, not from the discipline. That I would never dishonor my wife by taking another look. Put it to practice. Learn to look away for even the great King David. Do not be deceived, my friends. Do not be deceived. Do not be someone's story. Oh, yeah, they went to church. Oh, yeah, they, they went to that one on Central over there. Oh, yeah, they got a big old Bible and everything. Whatever happened to them anyway? I remember inside, they knew all these verses. And it's not what you know. It's what you do with it, my friends. For only those who hear the word of God and put it into practice endure. You, not the other guy, you will most certainly fall into disgrace, and your life will fall apart if you ignore the word of God. Hearing it is not enough. You must, you must, must, must do it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, verse 28, the crowds were astonished. For he was teaching them as one who had authority. Not like the scribes who taught someone else's word. Do not be deceived, my friends. An authentic Christian not only hears the word of God, but he's certain to do it. Because even now, the Spirit of God has picked at you a little bit here, hasn't it? Yeah, that's what he's talking about right there. Oh, I hope that's the case, my friends. I hope the Spirit of God is working in your heart even now and saying, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Get on that. Get on it. Don't be deceived, my friends. You can play a good game. You can fool me. But you'll never fool the Lord. Authentic Christians, my friend, hear the word of God and are certain to do it. So then, be a hearer. Be a hearer. Be a consumer of the Word of God. I have known people in my life, they read books. Oh, books upon books upon books. And then there are people, uh, I guess this uh, tells a bit of a, an era in time, listen to tapes. I guess if you read books, you're a bookworm. If you listen to tapes, you're a tapeworm. I don't know. <laughs> Preached the whole sermon. To no, I didn't. I'm kidding you. Consume the word of God. T 
teachers are available all through the week who will teach you the truth. Be discerning. Take it in, but you must live it out. You must live it out. Be a doer. Be a doer. I'm not certain altogether if that's a word. Didn't pass spell check, but be one. Live it out. Don't walk away from hearing the word of God unchanged, undecided. Determine now what you must do in light of what you have heard. And friends, let your walking do the talking. Let the change in your life be the testimony of your words. The holiness that God has produced within you. You shouldn't have to tell anybody you're a Christian. They ought to know it. They ought to know it. And judge yourselves. Judge yourselves, friends. If the government were to put bugs in your house, I, I mean the microphone sort of things, you know, and they were somehow able to track your television viewing and your radio listening and your phone conversations and, and able to follow you around and watch your life for, say, a week, for, for say, the next week. Would they be able to gather enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? That's what the doing looks like. It shows up in our habits and our conversations and the things that we will most certainly not do because they dishonor our God. I'll leave you with that one, friends. Our Father, we thank you for this, your word. For these are indeed the very words of God. Help us, Lord, that we would be hearers, but also doers. that you might continue your work, that we might cooperate in the work that you are doing and conforming us to the character of your Son, that we would be more like Jesus. Help us, Father. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes. Soften our hearts. Cause us to take it in and to live it out. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.